Amen. Let's pray. Father, we, we come this morning as your people in the name of your son, Jesus. We, we come really, we've got nothing to bring except a contrite spirit. We fall short in many ways and um, according to your timeline, we as your people, we as your church, much should have been done much perhaps should have been accomplished. We are casual often about the things of the Spirit, but Lord, we, we thank you for your grace that even in these last days, I pray that you help us to walk with you. Help us to understand what is in your heart. Help us to understand that which moves you, because from heaven you are crying out, uh, wanting someone to partner with yes, yes. so that you can restore nations and restore destinies and restore families. That's your heart. And so, Father, even as we minister your word this morning, I thank you for the breath of heaven upon us. Mm. Those that listen, I thank you that you give them a mind to understand and a heart to receive. Mm. In Jesus' name. So we commit these moments uh, to you, and I plead the blood of Christ Lord. upon this meeting this morning. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. Mm. Uh, we are continuing, Bazalwani, on our, on our topic on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, is uh, it's going to be important for us going forward to know who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the builder of nations. The Holy Spirit is the restorer of destinies. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, but He is the Holy Spirit without whom uh, nothing is going to happen. The Holy Spirit fixes that which the enemy has vandalized. He is the Spirit of God who has come uh, to build the church, to build the body, to prepare the bride of the Lamb, so that the bride of the Lamb is without spot and is without wrinkle. He has come to give us power so that we can begin to do the will of the Father with authority mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit, uh, we must develop a relationship with Him it's going to be critical for us to do so. Irrespective of our denominational background, this is why I felt that I needed to teach on these things from the Old Testament so that our hearts are ready to receive him. We are not hindered. We are not challenged by uh, our denominational background and how he was viewed in the churches we grew up in. Mm -hmm. I want us to know him for who he is and not look at him through the eyes of denomination. Uh, we don't look at him through the eyes of our, of our fellowship or through the eyes of the church, but we look at him through the eyes of the Father mm -hmm. and through the eyes of Scripture. Because he himself, he looks at us through the eyes of the Father. He looks at us through the eyes of grace. He looks at you and I through the eyes of mercy, through the eyes of love. He is a loving spirit. 
because he is sent from the presence of the Father, from the presence of God. The Bible says God is love. So the one whom he sends will never be short or be thin on love. He comes. He's a loving spirit. He loves the human race. He loves people. Umuntu, an average person would give you a second chance. You know, we give each other a second chance. Um, at that chance even, if the person is really merciful and, and full of grace, uh, a fourth chance from a human being really requires an angel to speak to me directly <laughs> because that's a tall order. But the Holy Spirit, the Lord through the Holy Spirit, gives us a multiplicity of chances. Uh, so I want you to understand that he does not come to, to condemn. He comes to convict us and to build us into the image of the Son until we are aligned with that which God wants. He comes. He is, he is on your side. He is on my side. He cheers for you and he cheers for me. He wants you to win and he wants you to win big. When you fall, when you stumble, he wants you to fall forward not to fall backward. He wants you to fall at least into the arms of our Father, into the arms of Jesus. And he picks us up. We repent and we are cleansed through the blood of Jesus and he picks us up and we keep on walking. So the Holy Spirit comes to give us a second lease in life. He, give, he does not give us a second chance or a third chance. He keeps on throwing chances back he gives us chances to, to, to restore and to come back to the Lord. In actual fact, the Bible says, For their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time, he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. That's Psalm 78, uh, verses 37 to 39. So he comes to give us a new lease on life. He gives us a, a new chapter, as it were that irrespective of what I have gone through, irrespective of my life that is in shambles, a life that is just in hollow of pieces, he gathers those together because he knows where each piece belongs. Mm -hmm. Remember, he is the creator. Mm -hmm. Remember, he is the one who designed you. He knows exactly everything. He knows you more than you will ever know yourself. I'm saying all this so that you can begin to understand and be very open to him because the Spirit of God, there is no one who wants you to make it in life more than he does. There is no one who loves you more than he does in this life because of the, uh, the, the, the Trinity of God in heaven, he is the one who is here. The Lord Jesus said, I go uh, to be with the Father to prepare a place for you, but I will send uh, another comforter. He is our comforter. In Greek, uh, he's called 
Paracletos is it's he's our companion. So he comes to help to build with us. So I want you to look at him not through the eyes of tongues in church, not through the eyes of Papa Prophet who calls out someone from the audience and he gives him a word. When we look at the Holy Spirit, I want us to see him uh, and fall in love with him and then begin to understand why all those things happen. What is the bigger scheme of things? What is being done? When you see a, a prophet through the word of knowledge, and, and often uh, it's not even a, a prophet, it's just somebody with a word of knowledge, uh, and then they share that. And then we, we forget about the Holy Spirit because even those who preach the gospel to us, like myself, we, 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 we often don't allow the Holy Spirit to give glory to Jesus. To because Jesus. remember, one of the things that he's here for is to glorify Christ. Mm. He has no intention. It's not part of his mandate to lift me up. Mm. It's, not part, it's, not, it's not within the scope uh, and, and, and his duties to elevate me, to put me on a pedestal. His only mandate, the mandate of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus Christ. That's what he does. That's what he does best. Anything else, when I begin to want to hog the limelight and I want to uh, attract all attention to myself, he is grieved because I am now uh, working out of protocol. He is big. He makes himself very big where Jesus is glorified. So any church, any ministry, any believer that seeks to put Jesus Christ at the center, such an individual, such a ministry will not be short or be thin or be impoverished of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He loves when we, when we begin to glorify Jesus. He loves it when, when, when we are big on the word of God. He does not just come because he, he is invited. He comes because the, the, the environment allows for him to come. Amen. Amen. So everyone who belongs to Kingdom Embassy House and all our friends, and uh, those who are connected to us in one way or the other, I want you to know that if there was a time when the church in the earth needed the Holy Spirit, it is now. We've had, my wife is reading a book that uh, tracks the, the history of the church from kind of a couple of years after Jesus, after the disciples, mm -hmm. the, the first 12, what has been happening in the church and uh, all the revivals before Azusa Street, mm -hmm. uh, before all those things, 1908, I think it was, before Azusa and all the other uh, awakenings and revivals in the body of Christ. Uh, what has been happening? Uh, I want you to know that there is no time than this where the church in the earth needs the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why... Uh, in the latter part of our today's teaching, I must teach on the difference between authority and power. Because everything, it seems, is going, it hinges upon revelation 
uh, on those things. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of other things that are important in these last days, but the church, for the church to begin to move with speed and for the things that God wants to be restored, to be restored at the speed that he wants them to be restored at, mm -hmm. the church must have revelation of that which God wants to see done. Yes. Amen. Amen. So again, let me then remind you that after the events of Genesis chapter 3, in actual fact, it's chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. After those events, but whatever else happened, the, the very womb of it is in Genesis 3. Because after Genesis 3, our timeline as the human race was changed. That which God wanted us to experience, we were never going to experience a life the way God had intended. Because sin has a way of taking us off course. This is why I spoke to you about Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 14, where the Bible says, If you do these things, if you, if you obey the word of the Lord, these things shall happen. That opens up a timeline. In other words, if I obey the word, this is going to happen. This is how my life is going to look like. And from verse 15 to run about verse, uh, last verse there, it says, but if you disobey, another timeline is made available. So when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, uh, our timeline was, was changed. Now the things which the Lord God wanted the human race to experience and, and to enjoy, uh, this is why he pronounces a curse. When a curse is pronounced, a curse is saying, now your timeline is being reprogrammed. That which was always in my heart for you shall not happen again because of sin. But because of his mercy and because of his grace, he makes provision for us to be restored back to him. Even in that very setting in Genesis 3, he, it seems as if he always knew that man was going to fall. Because as, as soon as man falls, God promises that the seed of the woman will come and crush the head of the serpent. So after the, those, those events, I want you to know, family, because as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit without talking, us, uh, talking about us working with him mm -hmm. for him to influence the earth. Uh, the Holy Spirit only works through a human vessel. He has always looked forward to those who would lift up their hands and repent and invite the Lord Jesus into their lives so that then he can work through them to bless the nations of the world. He can work through them to love. God loves through us. He blesses through us. If the enemy is going to do anything in the earth, the enemy curses through a human being. He kills through a human being. Mm -hmm. Everything that they do, they do through the instrumentality of a human being. So when those things happened, Bazalwan, Ekamen Lenkosi, uh, things went so wrong. You know, sometimes when we study the Bible, we don't get the gravity and the depth of what happened. Because sometimes we just read in a hurry. We read the word out of guilt that I need to read a chapter today before I go to bed. But we do not read with an open heart to really get the heart of the Father. What are you whispering to me? So uh, I pray that all of us, me uh, involved, that the Lord will give us the grace 
to to walk with him and to to pray the way we, sh we should pray and to study the word the, the, the way we're supposed to. So after those events, I want us to move from that premise. After the events of Genesis 3, mm -hmm. things changed. The Lord God was so disappointed. His heart was so captured. In actual fact, the mood of Genesis 3 is captured in the writings of Moses. Uh, especially in the book of Genesis, the writings of Moses, they're called the Pentateuch. There's five writings, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But the first uh, book of Genesis and the first couple of chapters, it, it, it is captured there, especially in chapter 6. That's where the mood and the heart of God uh, is revealed. How did the fall of man uh, make him feel? And the events which happened afterwards, after Adam had sinned. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to verse number 7, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man uh, was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have made, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Imagine the word sorry there, it's a word that depicts regret that the father regretted the fact that he had made the human race when lucifer sinned in heaven it does not appear in scripture that the lord was hit like this when satan fell it does not show us the scriptures are not clear that the lord was grieved to this extent but when man broke his heart the bible says he was sorry when I read this for the first time many years ago, I, I, I had tears in my eyes when I realized that God can be so grieved, God can be really so hit uh, with emotion that he, he, can, he can get to a point of, of really being so sorry. We know him as a great father, and, but if there is any creation that, that breaks God's heart is the human race because to the extent that he loves us, that also determines the, the, the impact mm. on his heart when we, when we disobey him. Sin, yeah. It's like the person who, that you love the most, when that person that you love the most, when they break your heart, the impact is so strong. So from those moments then, family, the Holy Spirit comes into the scene. Now he must then begin to do a mop-up job. He must begin to fix that which has been vandalized, that which has been destroyed. He must begin to rebuild uh, through those in those generations who would lift up their hands yeah. and, uh, and begin to work with the Lord as he begins to rebuild. So from that point, from that time onwards, the Spirit of God be uh, begins to come. He, now his job is to restore. His job now is restorative. His job is to repair. 
His job is to recover. His job is to renew, to revive, to reinstate. So all those words have an R-E, which means to do again. So everything that has happened in the Bible, from the events of Genesis 3, right up to this very moment, the Holy Spirit has been uh, working in his capacity as a restorer. This is why he has no problem when someone falls, because he can restore. When someone uh, is broken, he can fix, because that's what he has been doing. He is yeah. He specializes in, in, in such. So there is no one, Bazalwane, who has worked harder than he has. We have read in scriptures about different prophets, about different uh, about judges and kings who have come into the scene. But all those have come and the Spirit of God, the Bible says the, the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them and then they began to move. At, 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 um, and, and doing what God wanted them to do. There is no one else on earth today whose presence and existence in the earth is solely in order to, to, to glorify Jesus. There is no one who exists solely for Jesus' sake. No one. All of us, the, the holiest man alive, whoever there is, we have families to take care of. We have our careers, we have our businesses, we have, we have all of other things that we do, you know. But the Holy Spirit exists solely for Jesus' sake, mm -hmm. solely to glorify Jesus. His focus is on the bride. Mm -hmm. The very people who have been ignoring him for centuries, but the Lord has been whispering to us to say, he is with you. He has always been with you to hold your hand so you can walk with me and fulfill your destiny in the earth in Jesus' name. So let us know that, Baba Zerani, because I'm going to cover certain things today, but I want to repeat the fact that there is no one who wants you to, to succeed in this life. Irrespective of our history, irrespective of our background, see, I will judge you because we are religious people. Because me judging you makes me feel better, like I'm more spiritual. We will judge you. We will look at you through the eyes of your past, but not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is genuine. The Holy Spirit is real. He knows that the moment I judge my wife, I stand judge myself because there's stuff that he knows about me that no one else does. So the Holy Spirit... He cheers for you. He cheers for you at your lowest moment. When you feel that, you know, the world looks at you as this despicable person who is not even, who's not even deserving to be in the company of believers. He cheers for you. He wants you and I to make it. When he convicts us of sin, he does not convict us for any other reason but for us to remember who we are. When he con at the point when I'm about to do something and there's a conviction uh, in my spirit because he wants you and I to remember who we are, to remember that we are created for majesty, that we are, we are God's people, we are his inheritance, we belong to the household of faith, 
We were made for his glory. We were made for his splendor. We were made for his honor. We were created for him. So when that conviction comes, know that he is just tugging at you to say, remember who you are. Remember the value that God has placed on you, that for your sake, he would send his son, Jesus, to come and die on the cross for you. So he knows us so well, Bazalwan. So again, I want you to know that he is here to work with us in order for restoration to begin to take place. All of us, all of us, we were born already behind. We were, all, we were born into a fallen world. We were born into a broken system. So even as we are born, as we begin to let out that first cry, uh, we begin to interact. We interacting with broken people. We are raised by broken people. They, our mom, my mom, and my and, and your mom, uh, as as loving as as they 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 have always been, and uh, and as compassionate and as supportive, and they have raised us to the best of their ability. But they also had their degree of brokenness. Mm. So the system is broken. We are raised. We go to uh, schools being taught by broken people. I remember when I was in standard four, this teacher told me in my face that uh, he doesn't like me. Uh, he doesn't want me in his class. You know Why? Because it's a broken world. It's a broken world. So he understands, he knows that the church of God is expected to walk with God in an environment of brokenness. And we cannot do that without help. We cannot do that. Not, none of you. I know that sometimes you wake up, you feel unsaved. Remember those moments uh, after you had given your life to Jesus? It's like you, you, you can you, or you should give your life every day and just keep on rededicating your life to the Lord. Because everything around you reminds you, it draws you back into your Egypt. It, it wants you to speak the way you used to speak in Egypt and to react to circumstances the way we used to react in, uh, in Egypt. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit comes to support us. He comes to cause us to make it in this life. And I want to encourage you, family, you will make it. Mm -hmm. If you choose to walk with him, if you choose to uh, reach out to him and allow him to walk with you, you will fulfill your prophetic destiny in the earth. Your timeline will be restored and be reprogrammed for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Now, the first thing I want you to understand this morning is that the Holy Spirit, given our environment, there are things I haven't even shared with you, things so deep that the church can't even discuss them yet because they are not even ready themselves to teach you. You know, uh, there are things you don't even know. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to venture into that area at this point but we will at kingdom embassy house there are things that you will have to know because as as i de uh, discuss those things with you my uh, desire and my prayer is that as as you begin to understand what's going on in the world not not in the matrix in this in this dome of 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 deception uh because you and I understand the world through cable networks. We, we do what CNN tells us or what uh, Sky News. That's not, that's not the world. That's just, mm -hmm. they, 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 um, 
They are controlled from elsewhere. But that, that's for another day. But those are the things which, because as we discuss the Holy Spirit, I'm going to move on to empowerment, why he does that. Uh, if you do not understand what is going on in the world, we will carry on being lackadaisical, mm -hmm. being casual about God, being casual about prayer, mm -hmm. being casual about, um, about study of the word and uh, lacking discipline and just carrying on as we have been carrying on. Mm -hmm. But when you begin to understand the agenda of the enemy, how many of you know anything about the book of Enoch? For instance, mm -hmm. we don't uh, teach on that because it, did, it didn't make it into the canon of Scripture. Canon of Scripture are the Scriptures that were allowed by the fathers into the Bible. So there was a council in the early church that decided which books were going to make it into what they call the canon of, of, of Scriptures. Mm -hmm. But they are what we call extra-biblical books. Now, because of what they carry, because of the weight and the truth there, mm -hmm. the fathers, the early church fathers, when they saw these things, they, they, they couldn't make sense of these things because of their depth. Uh, and so they, this is one of the books that was um, kept outside of the 66 books of the Bible. But we, as much as I cannot teach on it as I would teach the Bible, but from time to time we will make references going forward on the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch opens a new realm in the spirit world. It gives you a discussion uh, when you talk about Genesis 6, when the sons of God came uh, on Mount, uh, there's, a, there's a mountain they came upon and they looked at earthly women and the Bible says they lusted after them and they, they, there was communion sexually and giants were created. See, we haven't discussed those things. We, we don't understand Noah, what was happening. Uh, there, there's so much family that has not been discussed because the church has not been ready. Now the Holy Spirit comes and it gives us illumination and the boldness and the things which I've discussed with you from Enoch and other things which I'm going to discuss with you going forward about reptilians and stuff that will shock you, which will drive you to prayer, I believe, and not to scare you, but to make you understand. Because there is not, you know, what the strangest thing is when somebody asks you about something like a, a, like a marine spirit, like those uh, hybrids in the waters called mermaids, uh, and, and the church has always, why do you think the church runs away from such things? Why do you think the church runs away from any topic to do with UFOs, for instance? Because we, all we have been taught and been raised, we've been raised in religion. That's what the enemy wants. Mm -hmm. He wants people who are going to be gathered together in a church building and, uh, and just be kind of like be programmed in a way to behave in a certain way. Now, God's agenda is totally different because he wants you to know what's going on and begin to engage in the spirit from a position of revelation mm. and understanding so when you pray you don't just closing your eyes and just see darkness when you pray you know exactly what you are up against when you see a certain pattern in your bloodline that every man uh, 
is, is, is an alcoholic, for instance. There is no one in our family who, who, who gives birth to a child in wedlock. Every child that's born is born out of wedlock. Those are the things that we discuss only when the preacher wants to break curses so that they can look like they are strong. They, they break things. But we are never given context. So that when we move with God, in your individual capacity, you begin to interact with the Holy Spirit, with the Word, with Jesus Christ from a position, mm -hmm. from a place of understanding. Hey, family, I need to move on here. But let me just make this one point. Why do you think uh, in Hollywood, it's only the name of Jesus that gets blasphemed? Why do, how many religions are out there? How many names can they throw into a movie and blaspheme? Why is it always Jesus? Because that is part of the, 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 the offering that they must uh, put on the altar for those movies to make it. They, they, they are trade-offs that happen uh, in Hollywood. Now, those things are for another day. All I'm saying is this. We need the Holy Spirit because if my spirituality uh, will be defined on the basis of my church experience on Sunday, we will not make it family uh, going forward. The demonic realm, the kingdom of darkness, is getting ready to unleash such darkness as we've never seen before. Now, the saddest thing is that when it is given to us, it does not look like, at face value, it, they always talk about uh, it's for human rights, it's for food security, it's for peace, or world peace. So it, it, it does not come to us as a dragon with horns. This is why it will require a holy breed with the Holy Spirit, people who will begin to see through the facade People who will begin to see and distinguish between the counterfeit and the genuine. When two prophets step forward, both of them produce miracles. They are producing signs and wonders. But of the two of them, one is a lying spirit mm -hmm. sent by the Antichrist. And the other one is from the Spirit of God. Now, without the Holy Spirit uh, helping us to see, we shall be deceived. There's a lot of things you and I and my wife are going to be discussing going forward because God is raising the real church. There is a church within the church. Yeah. There is a church that was put together by certain people, uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Forgive me if you have your background, if your background in, in church goes back there, but I wanted to know, you will, you will know the truth. The Lord has given me the, the grace. <clears throat> I feel the release in my spirit to discuss things with you that have not been discussed before. As long as we know that we're not talking about uh, conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. we're not talking about hearsay, we're not talking about f uh, fiction and, and stuff that is pulled from, from Hollywood, but we're speaking to you about things which are there, which exist. I feel the release, and my wife feels the same, that as Kingdom Embassy House, we shall discuss things which matter so the church can arise and begin to walk with God. Mm -hmm. So let us move to this part. The Holy Spirit, one of the things that he has had to do in, uh, for, for generations now is to give capacity. The Holy Spirit comes 
onto the planet mm. to give capacity. What is capacity? It is empowerment, mm. uh, power in the word, and power in the spirit yeah. for the human race to make it. We uh, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. They exist in the waters, in the deep seas. They exist in up in the sky, uh, in the heavens, in the second heaven. They exist on, on earth. They inhabit human bodies, even as we speak today. Not everybody that you meet, uh, not everybody in the UN is 100% human, but that's for another day. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We're going to be meeting as church is going forward. Church is important. Church is powerful. An organized body of believers who are rallied around one vision and one purpose for God to possess nations and to win souls into the kingdom. But as much as that is important, as important uh, as that is, is we, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is also, uh, he wants us as individual people to, to, to walk with him, to have fellowship with him uh, on an individual basis, at an individual level in Jesus' name. So he comes to empower, empower. If you're writing notes, I wanted to write that word down. He comes to give capacity, to capacitate the, the, the earthlings, the human race, those who are here, because there are things, if God were to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes, that's why he doesn't. If God were to open your spiritual eyes to see what's out there, it will mess you up for the rest of your life. Your, your, your normal will never be normal again. It will, it will wreck you for the rest of your life. This is why these things are hidden. When you look at these secret societies, they, there's a third eye, a third eye on their forehead. You know why? Because they, 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 they lust mm. for knowledge. They lust for the secrets mm. in the spirit. That third eye is called an eye, seeing eye, the eye of horrors. It's, it's an eye that gives you access mm. into, the, into, into the supernatural. Mm. But trust me, Ebazalwan, don't, don't rush into things you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord, mm -hmm. but those things which are revealed belong to us. Mm -hmm. Now, they, they want to know things are hidden for a reason. The Holy Spirit chooses to expose them and to make them known at the right time for a particular purpose. So he comes to, to, to give capacity. Yeah. Now, your word and my word for capacity in our church language, what they call Christianese, is, uh, is anoint. It's in the Bible. Or anointing. The word anointing means empowerment. Mm. Uh, they also use the word endowment or endowment in the Bible. But all those words, what it means in your, in your 20th century um, environment basically it's capacity it is to empower yeah. to enable the Holy Spirit comes to enable us what is the, what is anointing the anointing is empowerment for God's service it's empowerment for God's service we are given as natural beings we are given something that's super 
so that our natural has a, a semblance of supernatural. So we cannot do anything as, as natural as raw natural beings because we are, we are fighting, we are wrestling with supernatural beings. So he comes to give us capacity. He, give, he gives us empowerment, endowment, endowment. The anointing is God refusing with a human to go and face the Goliath raw. So the anointing is like it's like a, a, a robe, a garment, an armor that comes upon us so that we can begin to do the work of the Lord as he has preordained for us. Now, in the Old Testament, the symbol that was used for to indicate uh, that the Holy Spirit had come upon a, a human being or that a human being had, had chosen to partner with the Holy Spirit uh, was, was oil. No. Oil was used as a symbol uh, to show that even an object, uh, they, they, they would anoint objects, uh, inanimate objects uh, with, with oil to, to say that this object has been set apart. From this point onward, this object is part of God's agenda mm. in the earth. As he restores, as he does, whatever it is, this particular part of this particular room is going to uh, be what God is going to be interacting with or the Holy Spirit is going to use that thing so that restoration can come in Jesus' name. So oil was used. So I want to discuss with you, family, 10 things now that um, the Holy Spirit has, uh, has, has, has done to empower people. Uh, these 10 things, it's how he empowers us and uh, they represent, there are more than 10. Uh, I couldn't fit all of them today. But I, I felt that these are important so that we understand the Holy Spirit beyond Loromondore Rababo Rababo Setea. I want us to see him beyond that, mm. as important as that is. Because when we speak in other tongues, it is to, to bypass the enemy. enemy. The enemy, I don't know if you knew this, he does not understand tongues. When we pray in tongues, he has no idea what we're saying. Because it's not meant for him. Yeah. So it is, um, it's like God, he, he wants to outsmart him. He outsmarts him through tongues. So tongues, it's not just something that comes upon people who are fanatics. People who, you know, he comes upon us. So let us know him beyond that. Mm. Now, there are 10 things I want to discuss with you. The, the first thing, when, when the Holy Spirit empowered people, he empowered people in different generations to inflict harm on God's enemies. Now, the Holy Spirit would come upon someone, even in the Old Testament, so that through that individual, God could execute judgment on his enemies. Now, God could not do that without a human being. Because I told you before, anything that he does, he does it through a human being. So that's the first point. Uh, in Judges 15, the Bible says, when he came to Lehi, the Philistine, a K, um, Philistine came shouting against Samson. Let me repeat that. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against Samson. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. So when, when, when the Bible says that, understand that 
God wants something achieved right now. Yeah. He wants to he wants to do something to demonstrate something through this particular person. So the Bible says, then the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, Samson, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flex that is burned with fire and his bones broke loose from his hands. So mm-hmm. suddenly he becomes what uh, our children would call a oh, a, a, a superhero. Mm-hmm. An anointing, a grace, a supernatural power comes upon him. The Bible says he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. So the Holy Spirit comes to empower. In this instance, uh, those thousand men were required to die that day by heaven. So God came upon a human vessel uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we call this the anointing of, of, of vengeance. Mm. When God wants to execute judgment on his enemies. Mm. Now, he didn't speak in tongues, but he's empowered mm. for a purpose. Because God, for him to do something in the earth, he needs someone to do it through. Yeah. So when we... Uh, form an alliance as it were a relationship a companionship with the holy spirit is with an understanding that god wants to fulfill something through me but he cannot uh, do that without me being filled with the holy spirit we are going to be used by the lord to the extent that the spirit of god is upon us and we have made room make room for the holy spirit in 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 you I must make room for the Holy Spirit in me so that he can fulfill what he wants to do. The second thing, the Spirit of God came upon people when God needed his people to be led in a particular way. So I wanted to see the, the, the diverse roles of the Holy Spirit in the, in the Old Testament and in the, in the New Testament so that you understand how versatile he is, how diverse he is. He is, he is multi-skilled. He comes for a, a, a diverse reasons. Why? Because God wants something done. Yeah. And the time is short. And the more people he has, the better. So that he can work through those people to fulfill his agenda, his program in the earth in Jesus' name. Now, when God needed, number two, when God needed his people to be led in a particular way. He anointed someone mm-hmm. so that that particular person would lead his people according to divine protocol mm-hmm. and according to the will of God. So the Bible says in Judges 6, 34, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon when he blew the trumpet and the Abiezrites gathered behind him. They gathered behind him and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. Mm-hmm. Now that grace caused them to gather behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zeppelin, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. Mm-hmm. So this is the anointing for leadership. Because people in this day and age are being mentored. Mm-hmm. They are being tutored. There's a lot of leaders that the enemy has released they are celebrities, they are talk show hosts, they are lots of people in the media who are attracting a followership. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know that 
even uh, these musicians and singers, they have a followership of over 100 million people. They make one statement on Twitter and uh, the world, a country is, is shaken because they have influence. They, have, they are leaders in their, in their spheres of influence. Now God, by the Holy Spirit, wants, he wants to pour his spirit on more, all of you so that you can begin to lead those that you have influence over in a particular way. Because there is no, in the spirit world, uh, there is no vacuum. Uh, the spirit world, the way it is designed, it does not allow for, for vacuum. If I do not take leadership as a father in my family, I am uh, actually allowing someone else to take leadership uh, of my children. So that is anointing for leadership. So as we go on, understand the Holy Spirit. You can always ask him for the grace to lead, not only in church, I want us to take these things out of, out, out of a Sunday. I want, I want you to know that God wants you to influence out there in your business, in your, in your career, whatever uh, uh, area uh, of influence you are involved in, God wants you to go with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, being able to lead people according to God's values, according to God's principles. Why? Because the Spirit of God is upon you. Did you know that there is such thing as a saved company? Did you know that that a company can be saved? A company can operate within the principles of Scripture. You don't shortchange your people. You do not underpay your people. You 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 operate within the principles of Scripture. And the hand of God is. How many churches uh, teach on those things? Because we were taught, we have been raised to be religious. Now that's number two. Anointing for leadership. All of us have the capacity. He gives us capacity, capacity to lead even as parents, as leaders everywhere in Jesus' name. Now, the Holy Spirit also, uh, over centuries now, he has provided power to overcome. To overcome. Uh, in Judges, I hope you are writing down, family, and I'm, I hope I am not fast. Uh, in Judges 14, uh, verses 5 to 6, it says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart mm -hmm. as one would have torn apart a young goat through Though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. The anointing for warriors, a warrior spirit. Whatever the enemy throws at you, if you have the grace of the Holy Spirit, I don't care what lions are being sent to you by witches. I don't care what is being sent to you by those people in your, in your family and my family who wish nothing for you. You know, they desire nothing except failure for you. They get excited when you fail. Uh, they get so disappointed when you succeed. And uh, so I don't want you to feel that you are powerless. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit comes to give us the anointing for warriors mm -hmm. to be able to, to tear lions, mm -hmm. tear them, 
tear them apart in Jesus' name, in the spirit, because uh, your enemy is really in the in the spirit realm. They are being controlled. That person, that woman, that man, whoever they, wherever they are, whatever bush they are operating from, they are being controlled in the spirit realm. But if you can have an understanding and knowledge and revelation that no, this is why he, the prophet told that man, he said, greater is the one who is who's, who's, who's with us than those who are with them. Amen. It was Elijah. Amen. Telling his servant. And uh, greater is the one who is in us in the New Testament than the ones who are in the world. I want you to know that you are not powerless. Mm -hmm. All we need to do, family, is to be strong on our altars. Mm -hmm. Be strong. Build an altar. As long as your altar is strong enough, I want you to know that you are with Jesus, Mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit. You are invincible. They will curse until their, their lips split. They turn blue. So no one can guess what God has blessed. Mm-hmm. So the Lord God gives you the anointing, anointing for warriors. Number four, uh, the Lord has always, you see, the, these things are available because God wants to work with us. Mm-hmm. The, the grace to communicate the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. God, the, 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 the Lord has a, has, has a plan, has a will, uh, has an agenda, has a program. He, he, there is something that he wants to see done on earth. Now, he gives us the, the, the anointing and the grace to communicate that to the people so that people have an understanding of what is in the heart of the Father. Now, if you don't have that grace, uh, because you are talking to people who are really conflicted, yeah. there's a lot of voices that have, been, that have been speaking to people for decades. By the time I preach the gospel to you, the word I preach to you is competing with ideologies, mm. with philosophies. The word I preach to you is competing with isms, mm. socialists, and all these things. So by the time I, we, we, we declare the gospel, the gospel competes. So we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost yeah. to come upon us so that my tongue becomes like a pen of a ready writer. Yeah. I begin to speak the word, there's fire in it, and it, is, um, it illuminates, it brings light to you. As I speak to you, you begin to see things. The Bible says, now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. That's the anointing. If all of us, we have over the years depended on preachers. Preachers are there for a reason. We need the fivefold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor. We need those people in the church and the churches uh, are going to remain as organized entities. We are going to build, we trust in God as, as kingdom members of the house to build also strong, mighty, dynamic church of thousands of people because there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. Amen. But having said all that, I want you to know that God now wants individual people because the harvest is so 
vast. Individual people, the power of the Holy Ghost must come upon the people. And the people must do miracles, signs and wonders. The people must have the grace to communicate everywhere. Because not everybody who is unsaved comes to church. Now, we go into the workplace, we go into schools, we go everywhere. If the Spirit of God is in you, wherever you are, you can begin to declare and you begin to share the gospel. And whoever you speak to can begin to see light and begin to come into the kingdom of God. And their lives are restored for the glory of God. So, he gives us the grace to communicate the heart of the Father, the will of God. Amen. Number five, the Holy Spirit. So these are the things that you can ask him for. Mm. Not just the, the gift of tongues. You know, I speak in tongues. In case you begin to doubt my, my loyalty and my passion for tongues, 90% of my prayer is tongues. Now I'm sharing, you, uh, sharing with you, sharing with you what happens in my, in my sacred place. That is as far as I can go. I cannot share everything else. But I wanted to, I'm saying that so that you know that I, of all the people, I speak in tongues. I pray in tongues almost 90% because I, I, I feel led that way in prayer, to pray mm-hmm. in tongues. And as I pray in tongues, uh, often the Lord begins to declare, I declare things uh, that I was praying in tongues and I know that I wasn't thinking them mm-hmm. uh, in, in my language. I begin to say those things that, uh, Gives me an understanding of what I was saying in tongues because often there is interpretation mm-hmm. when I pray in tongues. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, number five, number five family, uh, God, by the Holy Spirit, empowers us, gives us capacity uh, to know mysteries and secrets. Mm-hmm. So, the Holy Spirit uh, reveals hidden mysteries and secrets. Things that I would never know uh, by my intelligence, my acumen. Uh, I, I would never have understood those secrets because they are hidden in the spirit. The Bible says in Daniel 5, the king said, I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Mm. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation thereof. So the Holy Spirit wants to give us enigmas, to give us answers to problems, family, provide solutions through us. He wants to pour the anointing where we begin to understand when there is a meeting in that boardroom, a light bulb comes on you because the, the, the Spirit of God is upon you and you begin to provide solutions to world problems, yeah. to issues affecting the planet. These things are not reserved for Sunday service. The church is God's strategy mm-hmm. to bless the world. The church is God's strategy 
to pull people out of darkness, out of bondage, uh, because the world system wants to suffocate them until there's no life in them. But the church, it's, it's those people God is going to send out there, and they are going to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Yes. Apostolic churches mm. must teach these things and broaden your understanding and your realm of revelation must be broadened so that you see everything, even church itself. You must see it through the eyes of what is church? Why do we go to church? What is a Christian? What is the influence of Christian in society? When we say we are a, an, an essential service, what do we mean? If a church were, were, were to be shut down in a community, who would lose out? Is it the congregants or is it society? Because if the co congregants were to lose out, that means the church was never an essential um, component in that community. We need to know our role in society. We need to know that when, when, when revival comes, the, the, the statistics begin to fall because with every sinner that gets saved, you are minus one criminal. With every, every sinner that gets saved, you are minus one rapist in a community. That's the power of the word. That's the power of, the, you are minus one abuser. A man who abuses, a, a, a man who breaks his wife's heart. She has given him third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, seventh chance, and eighth chance. But when the Holy Spirit begins to capture the heart of such a man, he does a work in his heart. Yeah. For the Bible says, the word convicts uh, the soul. Mm. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God does the job in the life of a believer. Now let's move on, family, to number six. As I go on, I, I'm praying that you begin to see everything the way you were always meant to see these things in Jesus' name. In the future, we'll even discuss issues of giving. The reason why we haven't discussed giving, my wife and I in our church, is because I, I don't want you to understand giving in a religious sense. I want you to understand it from a kingdom point of view. We will discuss those things uh, going forward. Amen. Now, number six, to glorify and reveal Jesus. There is no one who will who, who reveals Jesus. I think I mentioned this earlier on. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is to reveal Jesus. Mm -hmm. There is no way I can ever know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. My mind cannot understand him because he is invisible. Mm -hmm. Science is, um, is designed such that for everything to be a reality to us, it must be measured. Mm -hmm. It must be you know, all the dimensions must be known and established. There must be empirical evidence that proves that it is so. Now, the things of the kingdom are supernatural. Now, without the Holy Spirit, I can never understand them because my intellect wants proof. It wants evidence. It wants things calculated and numbers and facts. Now, the, 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 the word of God, uh, there is an element of fact but 
for the most part, our being on earth is mostly supernatural. We are dealing with supernatural uh, entities with a supernatural agenda. Everything that you see in the natural comes from the, from, from the spirit. The seen comes from the unseen. So we must have a revelation. Amen. So without the Holy Spirit, we cannot know Jesus. We cannot understand him. We were not there with the 12 disciples when he walked on the seas of Galilee and all that. We were not there. They were there. They touched him. They felt him. They heard his voice. When he went on the mountain, they went with him. He spoke. They even knew the, 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 the tonality of his voice. I was not there. You were not there. We depend on the Holy Spirit to reveal him to us. He opens our eyes and we begin to see Jesus like we've never seen him before. Religion is bad at revealing Jesus. It doesn't do a good job. Religion will give you the do's and the don'ts. Religion will give you a whole lot of laws, but it fails dismally to reveal Jesus, to reveal relationship, mm -hmm. to reveal the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So he reveals Jesus to us yeah. because Jesus is revealed. He's not intellectually mastered. Jesus must be revealed to us. He says in the book of John, uh, Jesus speaking, however, when he, the spirit of truth, yeah. has come, he will guide you into all truth. Yeah. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare to, to you. you. Mm. Without the Holy Spirit, we can never know Jesus. Mm. This is the greatest honor of God's holy people. That we can have Jesus revealed to us uh, layer by layer, precept upon precept. And we grow in our knowledge and understanding of him on a daily basis as we draw near to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Number seven, family. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes to help us in our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. There is no human being who does not falter in one way or the other. We err in one way or the other. We are not 100% uh, in anything. We are 0% angelic, 100% human. I always tell people, you, cannot, you can never have a perfect marriage. How can you have a perfect marriage when you have imperfect people coming into union? Imperfection, another imperfection, Come together, we say grace. Now you suddenly expect perfection. It does not exist. We are always growing in, in grace, in knowing and understanding in each other. That's why the Bible says, live with each other with understanding. So there, there are no um, perfect marriages, family, in case you're getting um, discouraged. But they are healthy yeah. families. So it comes us to help us in our weakness. When we are weak, we are strong because he gives us the grace. 
And the Bible says in Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Spirit of God, I want you to know that you're going to make it. You are going to make it. When I got saved, uh, people were telling me uh, almost 30 years ago, you're not going to make it. You love the world too much. You're not going to make it. They do a countdown on you. They give you three months uh, to start with. I'm sure most of you have been given months when you got saved. Oh, so and so. Let's just give them two weeks. You make it through the two weeks. Okay, let's give them three months. You make it through the three months and they keep on extending until such time that they see that really this person loves the Lord. Because why? The, the grace of God, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So if at this point in time you feel that you are weak, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen weak knees, to strengthen us, to cause us to stand and to walk with the Lord. Let me hasten, family, as we draw to a close. I, I don't think I'm going to do uh, authority and power today. Mm. Uh, I think we're going to do that on Wednesday. Number eight, to demonstrate the power of God's love. To demonstrate through us. The Holy Spirit wants to demonstrate through you the power of God's love. How does that come? Again, that comes through the manifestation of miracles signs and wonders i want you to redefine every time you switch on your tv and you see some prophet or somebody uh, praying for the sick or casting out devils i want you to know that according to god there is supposed to be a opportunity for people to see the power of god's love mm-hmm. not the strength of a prophet or the or the or the might of an apostle or the i, I don't know you know, people, people draw crowds to themselves through the gifts of the Spirit. But mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you mm-hmm. is to give you capacity and power so that through you, people out there can begin to witness yeah. the power of His yeah. love, that He loves people enough to cast devils out of them. He loves us enough to open our blinded eye. He loves us enough to heal our sicknesses and our diseases. This is why he wants us to begin to crave and pray for the gifts of the Spirit. I want all of you to see yourself casting out devils. I want all of you to to, to see yourself praying for the sick and they get up. I want you to see yourself praying for a three-year-old child who's just died. They, 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 they went to sleep and they never woke up. Mm-hmm. A three-year-old kid is not supposed to die, family. And, and we as God's people, we must begin to, to believe God. For Jesus said, greater works than these you shall do in Jesus' name. So he gives us the power in Jesus' name to, to demonstrate those things for his glory in Jesus' name. Do you remember the scripture? Uh, in, in Psalm 34, Mamji will help me with time. Uh, Psalm 34 verse 8, the Bible there says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We are supposed to give people, the world, 
people, all the paras out there, people, drug addicts, people who are out there, who are out in those um, shibins, we must give them a foretaste of God's love through, through prayer. Do you think praying for the sick is just for uh, church? Mm-hmm. Uh, we only pray for the sick in a church building. No. He does not want his love to be made manifest only in a church building. He wants the world to see the power of his love everywhere. So if somebody collapses in a mall and you are there and you you have the grace and the the boldness, not all all of us have that boldness, and I cannot blame you for that because God made us, you know, not everybody can jump there and pray for the person. But what I'm saying to you, he wants his love to be demonstrated, the power of his love to be demonstrated mm-hmm. by all of us everywhere Amen. in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it's we our responsibility, Mom G's responsibility, Aunt Lynn's garden uh, uh, responsibility <laughs> is to demonstrate the power wow. of God's love. God's love. Let us give the world a taste, a foretaste of the mm-hmm. grace of God and the love of God by praying for them. When your neighbor is going through something, we go there to demonstrate the power of God's love. Why? So that they can see when they experience that miracle, then they see that the Lord is God. Amen. I'm almost done, family. Uh, just just uh, this one last point. I had nine points. Did I say ten? Nine points. This is the last point. Then we're going to pray together. To conform us, the Spirit of God comes to conform us to the image of of the Son of God. If there is anything you must know, Bazalwan, our primary call on earth is to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. There is nothing more powerful. There is nothing more important. At the end of the day, you and I must reflect the nature of the Son of God. We must look like Him in terms of what we do, not physically, of course, but we must do things as he would have done them if he was here. For the Bible says in Romans 8, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be uh, the firstborn among the brethren. So this is what the Holy Spirit comes to do. There are many things I've not, I haven't mentioned here, but I want you to see him through those eyes. He is multi-skilled. He is multi-talented. He comes to help us to do these things in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you thanks, O God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. 